Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. You're listening to Market View on Money FM 89.3. Ryan Huang joins me in the studio. Ryan, halfway through the week, how are you? Yeah, pretty good. And I can see you are all dressed up today, Adrian. I blame it on laundry. All moving pink. house. Yep, this is a coincidence. I just had to put together an outfit. Let's get straight into it. How have Asian markets opened this morning? All right, so... Looking at what I've just outlined, we had a bit of a lackluster session, largely negative on Wall Street, going into the opening moments for Asian markets. We've got a pretty sluggish start, so quite subdued. Looking at the Nikkei 225 in Japan, it is just up by 0.1%. Looking at Australian markets, up 0.4%. And on the flip side, you've got the Korean markets slightly underwater by 0.1%. So not a lot of conviction behind the moves, which suggests you've got investors waiting and seeing for what's to come. Of course, back of their minds is the climb in treasury yields. Earlier this week, we saw the 10-year bonds hitting a 16-year high of over 4.3%. Uh, no big changes overnight, so that remains elevated and will probably be a cause of concern or at least something you'll be thinking about going into the Jackson Hole Symposium when we will hear from Fed Chair Jerome Powell come Friday night. So no big surprises, but I suppose if he does communicate any change in direction, it could shake up sentiment. All right, so looking at what else is shaking things up, we've got some news around Nike. And this is interesting for me because Nike is now on a nine-day losing streak when it comes to share price. And you might be asking what's causing this long losing streak, which is actually its longest since its IPO in 1980s. Longest losing streak. So quite a milestone. Overnight, it was down 1.4%. And among the reasons being cited is the sluggish consumer recovery in China as well as elevated merchandise stockpile. So it's got a lot of inventory which suggests it might need to um, offer discounts or dump it somewhere which will hit its profitability. And with China you know, still looking quite sluggish, the likes of Nike and anyone that's like Nike in the retail wear business could see some headwinds with the recovery picture. So that's going to be in focus as we see China's retail sales figures uh, decelerate in July, for example, from 4%, that was a median forecast, decelerated to 2.5%. So a bit of softness in China. And if you look at what's been reported overnight on the earnings front from Dick's Sporting Goods, a major retailer and also a Nike customer, their results for the second quarter was quite disappointing and they cut their profit outlook partly due to sales expectations and also due to theft. More people are stealing from shelves in the US. And it's not just petty theft, it's flash mobs. Yes, I've seen these videos. Syndicated and ones. And I'm wondering how they're getting away with it. I, I guess if you have enough people... There's not enough security guards out there to stop you, right? And I guess on a legal basis, some stores might just say, hey, I'm just going to report to the police and let the police handle it and let the insurance take care of it. So 
it's quite interesting to see in this earnings season more retailers citing theft as a pain point. And this is um, no, a prominent reason now, more than usual. So very interesting turn of events at theft, perhaps due to the spending power or pressure on consumers. Now you have theft as a reason. I'm just wondering if uh, you saw a mob run into tanks and steal a bunch of stuff. And <laughs> it will never happen here, right? But it's such a common occurrence yeah. in the US now. I guess you also have to ask the question, if you see a mob happening, will people join that mob? And then this becomes a big rush, a uh, big herd mentality, you know. I think the police will be there um, very soon, quickly onto the scene. Yeah, I, I suppose it's not going to happen in Singapore. At least yeah. I don't expect it to. I've always been an Adidas man myself, but uh, Nike, unfortunate news for them. Elsewhere, Ryan, um, I can see there Dick's Sporting Goods still in the theme of sports. What's happening there? Yeah, so we talked about this early on, which was the earnings. And this is looking at them quite, I guess, gloomy going forwards. And they are flagging that the US consumer is not looking very strong and they are also talking about an escalation in crimes. We've talked about this also. So looking at the numbers, sales rose 3.6%. Not too bad. But the profits are down big time. 24%. So it's cut its outlook for the year. Elsewhere, on to Macy's. Yeah, Macy's, a very similar story, which is around how consumers are... Not as strong as what they're hoping for. So it's warning that consumers will be pickier and more price-driven going forward. So it is keeping to its conservative full-year guidance, uh, even though expectations were met for its latest quarterly earnings, which was at around $5.13 billion, slightly above expectations. But the profits... The company swung to a net loss of $22 million, reversing a net income of $275 million from a year before. And this is a large part due to credit card delinquencies, where you've got people not paying back debt and also people just cutting back on spending. So weaker sales are expected going forwards for Macy's and it's share price was down more than 14% in the latest session. Interesting. Uh, from international news, we go closer to home. Comfort Del Gro says it will pay out its interim dividend of 0.029 mm. per ordinary share a day earlier than planned. This is because the original payment date on September 1st has been declared a public holiday for Singapore's presidential election. Right? Yeah, Tell us more all looking this. forward to the holiday, um, but it has thrown a spanner in the works for some plans. You know, they were planning to pay it out mm. on September 1st, yep. but if a holiday, that's not happening, so they've had to move it forward. And also, I think if you look around some of the news headlines, a lot of... Um, um, clinics as well as hospitals have had to reschedule their surgeries and procedures and some meetings as well. Yeah. Um, so I suppose this is something to take note of. If you are a Comfort Delgro investor, you will get your dividend earlier. And also what else is in the mix? You've got Citrum. Uh, that could be one stock to watch out for. And this is as it makes the news for delivering its jack-up rig on schedule. So that is seeing it deliver its contract based on expectations. And another stock to watch out for is Bull State, which saw its unit secure a contract win in Latin America 
for a $31 million steam generator. So a couple of stocks to keep an eye out for today. Turning our attention to Asian trade now, Ryan, what are the big issues on investors' plates today? What are they looking out for? Yeah, so this is um, going to be a wait-and-see moment. For example, you've got overnight Baidu talking about how it's been making money from advertising. So it is some good news for some of the China tech names, which of course in recent years has been under pressure for the crackdown, for example. So China's grip on the private sector when it comes to at least the large internet companies is perhaps starting to loosen and it is seeing a bit of revival. So Baidu's revenue rose the most in more than a year with a 15% jump in its latest June quarter. Net income rose 43% for Baidu. Uh, But I suppose um, people will be watching out for the wider story around China's consumer recovery and the news around the property sector. Um, No news yet. I suppose no news is good news for China on the front because all the time in the past few weeks has been quite a slew of negative headlines. Yes, um, has been very negative. The reopening has been slow and uh, news we've received has not been that bright. But hopefully the situation will improve. And for our last word of the day, we take a look at a 1954 Ferrari that's fetched $2 million at an auction. Are you a fan of sports cars, Ryan? Not quite. Um, a car is a car to me. It gets me from one point to another. So I'm not a big fan of cars. So... It's interesting because it's not the car. It's the burnt-out shell of a 1954 Ferrari that's fetched Mm. $2 million at an auction. It caught fire during a race in the 1960s and was not touched for decades. It was driven by Franco Cortesi, Ferrari's first racing driver. Analysts say the new buyer may want to restore it so it can race again. Also, worth noting, uh, the car is a 500 Mondial Spider Series 1, one of 13 ever made with a body produced by designer Pinan Farina. So you can't even drive it now. It's burnt out. You've got to spend even more money to fix it. I think that's why the person spent $2 million on it. I mean, if he has $2 million lying around, I'm sure he has a lot more money to restore it, take it back on the road and make that beauty work. All right, so I suppose he might then flip it for a profit if he fixes it. Yes, he might, absolutely. He's Ryan Huang, I'm Adrian Abraham. You've been listening to Market View on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.